welcome to episode 19 of the Free Spirit Academy podcast with YouTube personality Megan Elizabeth. Free Spirit Academy is about you being fully you. My name is Randy Moss and I'm an eating psychology coach and kundalini yoga teacher bringing you conversations about freedom from rigid diets, painful body image, and never-ending cycles of self-help and self-improvement. This is about honoring our own bodies and our purest self-expression. Welcome to the podcast. episode. It's a little surreal to talk with somebody that you've followed on the internet for a lot of years and you feel kind of like a creepy stalker because you sort of feel like you know them and they have no idea who you are. So I stumbled across Megan's YouTube channel years ago. I don't know how many years ago when I was in the midst of exploring every diet option known to man trying to find it like the single solution to all of my problems, which I was certain were all about my body and I had become obsessed with the 80-10-10 diet, which was about eating 80% uh, of your calories from carbs or mostly fruit, 10% from fats like nuts and seeds, and 10% from protein. So it was all raw and vegan and just extreme enough to catch my eye. And I'd been really pushing myself at this time when I found this to, like, just have juice during the day. So it'd be like juice fasting during the day and eating this one meal which I considered this major achievement just in and of itself, despite the fact that it felt awful to me. It felt so forced. And at the same time, I was completely afraid of fruit and sugar in any form. But I, I became enamored with this, this like all-you-can-eat fruit fest and these seemingly free-spirited, fit humans all over YouTube. And it just, it felt like liberation. It felt like also like this binge eater dream diet because I was able to eat as much fruit as I could fit into my body and not much else. And I remember one day in particular when I was, for a brief period of time, briefish period of time, I was living in two cities and I was driving an hour and a half either way between Seattle and Bellingham, Washington. And I was performing at a theater somewhere in the middle, so I was sort of just all over the place. And I was uh, flying as a flight attendant, and I was trying to quit that job and get this other job at a raw food cafe. And I think I mentioned that recently. So I was, like, stressed out of my mind. And I was on a drive one day. I think I was on my way to Seattle, and I had this massive bag of oranges, tangerines, little tangerines, sitting next to me on one of my car trips. And I am, like, peeling these little tangerines with one hand and popping them in my mouth and getting like tangerine juice all over the steering wheel. And I th I thought to myself, like, if I can just eat all the time, then I can do anything. Like I can cope with every shitty thing I have to do because I have this soothing balm that's also supposedly going to make me really skinny. And it didn't, it, it was quite the opposite. And not only that, I was becoming more and more numb because I was eating every chance I got. And looking back, it totally makes sense. I'd gone from starving myself to this seeming permission to have all the food, and I was just on complete autopilot. And it was actually from there that I decided to do that first three-month juice fast that I talked about a couple of episodes back. So this was just one of the many diet variations I tried on over the years, but it's such a strong memory and today's guest was actually a very big part of it. 
Um, and it was not, it's not a purely bad memory. I look back and there's a lot of, a lot of really sweet things and I really learned some things. I really learned a lot of things. Uh, but today's guest, Megan, has this super cool, super sane approach and she was really a rule breaker among dogma and questioned a lot of the craziness that was happening and as a total bonus she had and still has this amazing collection of recipes and i continued to follow her even after i gave up the raw vegan thing and gave up the diet rules thing like any of this because she's just totally got this like i want to be your friend vibe and there i am again feeling like this total creepy stalker but i think that's those are the people that do well on youtube is you just you relate with them and now, one last thing, it's been really interesting to see that after really letting go of the diet rules and turning back to my own body and my own intuition, I'm currently eating very similarly to the way I wanted to eat back then without the mindless, constant stuffing myself. So there's no dogma, a lot of ease, and still I am enjoying Megan's amazing recipes. So I think you're going to like her as much as I do, no matter how you eat. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Megan Elizabeth. So I was listening to one of your most recent videos where you were talking about your journey with religion and spirituality, and you talked about growing up Christian, and which I did too, by the way, and how at one point it just became physically uncomfortable for you to be in church. And this, I thought that was such an interesting point to how our bodies are always speaking to us. And then you went on to talk about how feeling like if you weren't a Christian, then you had to be an atheist, you know, like where you were probably, you were a teenager, I assume at that point. I was, yes. Yeah. Like it was just this black and white thing. Like we can tend to be in the diet world. Like I'm either doing the diet or I'm off the wagon and there's no room for nuance or introspection. And then you went on to talk about finding raw foods and beginning to question everything in your life. And suddenly things weren't so black and white anymore. So why I find this interesting and refreshing is I feel like it's also very easy to stay in the black and white mindset and not ever go inwards. And I think this happened to a lot of people in raw vegan, uh, raw, the raw vegan movement, the fruitarian movement, whatever you want to call it, where some very influential, strong voices were there. And a ton of people totally abandoned listening to their own bodies to follow, follow the plan of these voices. And people were putting on a ton of weight very quickly and not feeling very well. And over in your corner of the internet, or your corner of the internet, you were so sanely like, guys, listen to your bodies. Like, if you don't feel good, it's not because there's something wrong with you. Like, let's actually take a look at what's happening. Um, so how did you find this sane voice? And did you feel nervous about presenting your perspective when there was a lot of dogma? Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. That's a great question. So yeah, a lot of stuff thrown off at once, but I just, yeah, yeah. no, that was a good build up for it. Um, yeah. So I think that, um, and not to just like, kind of like throw things off to, I don't know, like, you know, a guru or whatever. Um, but I think we all, we all have our guru or our teacher or our person that kind of got us into stuff. And I feel very grateful for the person that I had, um, because I think that um, some of the other people who did have very strong personalities, very dogmatic personalities, uh, the person that they learned from that got them into that movement, they also have that tendency to be very extreme and be very dogmatic. So um, when I found raw food, I found it through this man, Arnold, who is very passionate 
and very enthusiastic, but um, is practical and understands that not everyone's going to go 100% raw, not everyone's going to do everything to the extreme, but he always would say, like, what do you want? How bad do you want it? And, like, how far do you need to go to get there? Not everybody needs to go the same distance to get the goals that they want. So not everyone should be doing the same plan. And he also was very... He, he, always, he, always would, he always would talk, he would, he would say like, it doesn't matter if you're eating raw food, if you hate yourself mm. or if you're angry or you have all of these negative emotions, like none of this matters. Like the most important thing is love. And so even if you're eating a terrible diet, love, love what you're eating, enjoy yourself. Don't beat yourself up for it. And when you're ready to make the changes, like continue to love your food and love yourself and So maybe that's not a really specific answer, but I think that that was probably the biggest thing that helped me. I mean, I might be a more naturally level-headed person as well. (laughs) And I try to always like shoot for balance, but I was very attracted to his style um, when I first got into it of just, just focusing on that and, um, and not getting extreme because I would see him most of the time eat raw food, but then, he, the rest of his family didn't. And he's like in his seventies now. But uh, when I met him, he was, I guess in his early sixties and, or maybe late fifties. And, you know, he would go out with his family to a diner because they all wanted to go out to eat and he would go with them and not make a big deal about it. He would like order himself some potatoes and just like have a good time and enjoy himself. And then the next day he's back at work eating raw food. And I was like, wow, I really appreciate that mindset and that he doesn't need to beat himself up over it and just he he just accepts it and he wasn't trying to prove anything either which is I think another thing yes get into yes and he was just like you know enjoy what you're doing that's that's a big thing too like with the whole eating disorder thing is like a lot of just guilt and with religion guilt 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 will make you sick and absolutely and well that's one thing let go of it Totally. And I think that something that can happen too, and this happened to me, is that in leaving religion, which is like this safe haven, this home, this container for a lot of us growing up, we can, instead of turning inwards again, still be looking outwards for this sort of community and home. And I feel like people can find it in the in a diet. You know what I mean? Especially when a diet gets big on the internet. It's like, okay, what are the rules? And yeah. what do I have to do to like be right in this community and to follow everything the way it's supposed to be so that I fit here? Right. Did you find that to be, I don't know, did that ever cross your mind when you were watching all of the goings on around you? Um, it, it crossed my mind, but not for me to do. Like I just, I saw that that was happening. Yeah. Um, and I saw, I just always felt grateful that I didn't feel the need to, to do that. Um, and I think maybe because I did start early on, like doing YouTube videos and there wasn't that same, um, there wasn't that same kind of cult vibe, I guess, when I first started. So I think I was like, I was before it. And so I, I didn't really have to get involved with it. But I think a lot of people, if they just came in later and that's, that's all they saw, mm-hmm. um, it was hard to figure out what's the best thing to do. And th- there was such extreme rules of like, if you do this little thing wrong, you're completely 
you're just you're basically failing right (laughs) and I think that the rules feel very safe for people it's like okay this is what's on paper this is all I have to do so that feels safe and then it's like okay if I follow the rules then I get to be skinny so that feels safe and even though that wasn't happening for a lot of people it was still like they kept chasing their tail with it like why isn't it working rather than being like oh I like it's not me that's failing it's this outside plan that I'm sort of pushing myself into Another thing was the advice too, like, you know, you're saying all the rules, but, but also like the advice was, um, it was like, you know, if you do this and you're not getting results right away, it was like, you got to keep doing it for like years and then you'll get the results. And it's like, well, who wants to be like, when you're doing a diet to try to lose weight, like who wants to be overweight for years before you get the results? Or with anything, like here, keep doing this thing that's not working over and over and over again, and you're just wrong if it doesn't work for you. You're clearly cheating or you're not following it. Right. You're not patient enough. No, it's insane. Mm-hmm. And it's a total, like, it's a very easy thing to hand to somebody that does not trust themselves, which yeah, is and- most people, really. Right. And a lot of people, I think, don't, they're not very educated on diet. Like we don't do a good job in our country of really educating people on what their body needs to be healthy. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's where we're going wrong. Step one is that we're susceptible to these kind of things because we don't really understand our bodies and how it works. But all of those rules also don't leave any space for people's bodies to be different because we all have different health histories. And regardless of whether we were all born in perfect health and whatever happened in between, it was all different. And so there's, there's going to be a different fix for all different things. And maybe they might look kind of similar. Like, yeah, maybe it is good if a lot of people eat a lot of plants or people eat plant-based, but not a hundred percent vegan or a hundred percent raw. Um, I think there's, there's general guidelines that we have to accept because we're human, but then there's like, you know, well, what works for me? And yeah, it doesn't leave room for that with dogma. No, totally. I love the way that you say that. And it was interesting how you said sort of right at the beginning, like, well, maybe I'm just more of a level-headed personality. But to a lot of people, even what you do now could be perceived as extreme. Just the fact that you're (laughs) I agree. Things like that. Somebody would look at that and be like, oh my God, she's so extreme. But I don't do it because I, I like to be extreme. I do it because it's the only thing that works for me. Right. And that's such a good point because I think that some people fall into the most extreme thing because they want to be extreme. Right. Not because they're actually listening to themselves and they've sort of ended up in a place that may look extreme to somebody else. Right. So how did you end up eating this way in the first place? You, I assume you didn't grow up vegan or vegetarian or anything like that. I mean, were you sick? Was it a weight loss thing? Was it just curiosity? Because you were sort of on the early end of this movement. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's funny, like the movement it seems like I might've been on the early end of it, but I was kind of like, I was on the the new age end of it when it was just starting because there was a whole movement and it seemed like it was an older generation. So when I came on the scene, um, a lot of the people that were into raw food and into um, just low fat vegan diets and stuff, it seemed like it was an older crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, maybe they were like coming up against health issues as they aged. So they were looking for, for things for longevity. Um, and then when I came on the scene, yeah, like there was nothing on the internet. It was all just books. So it was so such a different world than it is today. It's like when I talk to some of my younger friends about like what it was like to not have the internet, like that's kind of what I feel like with this. I'm like, we had to read books <laughs> to learn. Um, and, uh, 
I think that was another reason too, kind of going back to the last question, why it was easier for me to not like fall into the dogma and all the trap of the whole like cult mindset um, is because that isn't how I entered into it. Like it didn't even exist. Um, but the reason that I got into it in the first place was because I was very, very ill. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess I lived like a kind of standard life growing up. I did have a period when I was vegetarian when I was younger, um, up until probably from like five until 15, I was mainly vegetarian just purely because meat grossed me out. And, um, like just the taste or texture or was it associated with animals at all? A little bit associated with animals, but mostly I would just look at it and be like, ew, I don't like there's veins and stuff. I, I don't, I can't put this in my mouth. Um, so I would just argue with my parents. Like I would take a bite of something and then that, the texture, I would just be like, Oh, this is gross. I can't do this. Um, and so they just kind of let me do my own thing for a while. Um, and then, uh, when I was a teenager, I, I had some, like, I always had random health issues. My friends would always, always be like, what is wrong with you? Like you always have random health stuff. And I think it was because I was lactose intolerant and I just had a more sensitive digestive, digestive system. And um, I seemed to always be having something going on. And then as I became um, a young adult and I was working and going to college, uh, I just started burning the candle at both ends and also kind of partying and keeping up with my social life. It's like, you know, standard college stuff. But I guess my body just, you know, I always was not super resilient for beating my body up and uh, I just crashed and I crashed really really hard and it was very scary so I had about a year when I was 21 that I was bedridden and I started to lose weight like just really rapidly um it was a series of kind of weird things leading up to it so I had this stomach ulcer I like just finished my finals and I had a stomach ulcer and it was bleeding. It was a bleeding stomach ulcer. And so I, I didn't really do much, think much about it. I went to the doctor and they said, tell me what it was. And I started taking like tons of antacids and all this stuff, which is terrible for your digestive system. Um, and then I started having allergic reactions. That was the next step, like a couple months later after this stomach ulcer. Um, and I was like so confused what was going on. And then it, I ended up taking steroids because some of the allergic reactions were like causing my face to swell. And so then I, um, after the steroids, I'm trying to think. Yeah. So after the steroids, I started to experience really terrible brain fog coming off of the steroids and didn't know what was going on. And then all of a sudden I started to lose all this weight and my hair started falling out. And I started to have like these horrible headaches. Every time I would eat food, my blood pressure would drop like so low that I'd have to go lay down and my head would be killing me. Just a lot of really bizarre symptoms. And then it just kept getting worse and worse. So I dropped like probably about 25 pounds in a month or two. So my family was very alarmed and I was getting all this testing done. And this went on for about a year and it just kept getting worse and worse. And, um, yeah, I eventually, my dad, he just happened to stumble upon this raw food cafe and it was like raw food cafe and health food center. And it said it was like organic. And my dad knew I was trying to eat organic and I was taking out chemicals because 
um, I was having all these allergic reactions. So I thought, okay, maybe I'm like allergic to um, artificial ingredients and all this stuff. So I was eating organic and he saw the word organic and he was like, okay, I'm going to go in here and see if they have anything she can eat. So he ended up talking to Arnold, the owner, and um, the name of the place is called Arnold's Way. It's in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I actually, not to totally interrupt your flow, but that's one of the few raw food cafes that I have such memories of because I used to go to school in Philadelphia. Oh, awesome. I I took the train out to Arnold's Way to see Angela Stokes speak and several raw food people. That place is really special. It really is. It has a vibe like nowhere else. You know, a lot of raw food cafes, they're very um, stark and clean. And this one is like, it just feels like it's for hippies. Oh, it's so crunchy. It's the best. Yeah, it's amazing. And Arnold is so set in his ways with like, you know, you try to like update and improve stuff. And he's just like, nope, this is the way we do it. Okay. I mean, I just engaged with him, you know, getting food and paying for stuff and whatever. And on the one hand, he seems like this crotchety old man, but then you can't help but love him because he's this, like, he's doing this amazing, beautiful thing in the world. And clearly he's a very unconventional human. Uh, I really, really liked him. Yeah, he's so awesome. He's so caring. So my dad went in and he talked to him and he told him what was going on with me. And he told him that I was like eating this organic diet and I was rotating my food so that I wouldn't have allergic reactions. And Arnold's response was, I'll destroy that. <laughs> and my, I remember my dad telling me this and I'm like, what a crazy person. Like, and he's like, but you know what? I think you should go in there and talk to him. And I'm like, okay. So my dad had brought me a green smoothie from the restaurant. I tried it and I was like, okay, I'll go in and talk to this guy. Cause I was trying everything, like every weird modality for healing that you could think of. I tried it um, and nothing was working. So I went in there and I talked to him and he told me all about raw food and I argued all these points with him. I said the likes, the thing, where do you get your protein and like all this stuff. And um, yeah, he just was like, well, look, just give it a try. And I was like, okay, what do I have to lose? I'm already sick as heck. So um, I started eating raw and I, this was um, August of 2008. And it was August 2007 is when I got sick. So it was like almost exactly a year later. And so I started eating raw. And there wasn't like an immediate miraculous recovery because I started eating like a more high fat diet. I was sort of like afraid of fruit and um, all that. Yeah. So I think a lot of people do too. When they're first introduced, they're like, you want me to just eat on that? Like sugar is evil. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, you want me to just eat fruit all day? Like fruit is a snack, not a meal. And so you have to just completely let go of everything that you thought was true about food. Um, so I, I figured, okay, well, I'll try it because that's what a lot of other people there were doing and they were getting good results. So I gave it a shot, um, after eating like, you know, kind of higher fat raw with no fruit for about six months. Um, I, yeah, I gave it a good, a good trial and I definitely had some improvements. I noticed things over that six months before I started eating fruit and everything, I did notice like, okay, I feel like my mood is more balanced. I'm sleeping better, but I still didn't have energy and my mental clarity, like my brain fog was still there and I just felt tired. Um, and how old were so, you? Um, I think I was about 20, 
two okay. when I started eating higher fat raw. And then I went to like just after I turned 23 is when I started eating like a lower fat raw diet. And I switched like pretty drastically. I just was like ready. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I've sort of let go of regular food. I've been eating this like kind of gourmet raw diet for six months and I'm ready to like try something else. And so it was kind of easy for me to switch to fruit. And I would say like within two weeks, I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) why didn't I do this in the first place? Mm. So, and yeah, my results just were very quick when I switched. And I, I think that that may have been, I mean, the, the diet is a, it's a great diet for healing and for cleansing and for certain types of athletics. Um, I don't think that it's the best diet for everyone all the time, mm-hmm. but it was what I needed at the time. And um, yeah, I just felt amazing. All of a sudden I was like, I'm almost a normal person again. And I started working at his cafe and I started to just kind of slowly get my life back bit by bit. I love and, that. And I think that's how we, I mean, that's how you can end up doing something seemingly extreme and be totally healthy doing it is you're totally in your body in the moment saying, being curious, being a curious human saying what I'm doing isn't working. Let me try this. And then you find a thing that works and you stay in your body and present in the moment until you maybe need to make a shift. Yes. Yeah. And I love how you talked about, gosh, I feel like your body and my body must be very similar with this very visceral reaction. You have to things just like with the meat and the the texture, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, and then the I'm going back to the church thing, that just like feeling like you physically cannot be there. Um, my body is very much the same way. I react to ideas or people or foods or anything like in this gut sort of like, oh. Yeah, it's really visceral reaction. Yeah, very like feels solid in my stomach. Um, oh, where was I going with that? So when you got into raw foods and all of a sudden like stuff was working when it hadn't been working before, what else did that make you question? Because I feel like plenty of people and have and do go on a journey similar to yours and they're having symptoms and they're very ill and they're just, okay, what medication do I need? How do I fix this? Which mm-hmm. is eventually, right, how do I suppress this? Which is what most medications do. That could have been a route you could have taken. You could have just taken medication after medication, waited for the right cure or whatever, but you didn't. You were like, no, there's something else. This isn't quite right. Like, what was that? That's an interesting point that you brought up. Yeah, And I kind of, I should have also mentioned that in my, my journey that like while I was getting sicker. So I was going to all these doctors and I was kind of like, you know, you go to the hospital and you're like, I'm sick and I'm putting myself in your hands. Like, tell me what's wrong with you. And just losing trust in the medical field, like visit after visit, like just because I had an entire year of going to hospitals, getting tests done. Um, I was trying tons of different natural modalities, but also just trying to actually go to the doctor. And I remember I had this, this time where I went to my family doctor and I described all my symptoms and my mom was with me and the doctor said, do you like, do you have a history of mental illness in your family to my mom? And my mom said, well, my sister is bipolar. And and she said, you know, that might be what we're dealing with here. And I was like, are you effing kidding me? (laughs) Like I'm telling you I'm sick and you want to tell me that I'm bipolar. And they said, why don't we just try you on some of this medication? And I became so angry that I think that was like 
in my head, I was just like, screw it. I'm on my own. I got to figure this out by myself. Um, I mean, where were they even pulling that from? Just simply based on my mom having a sister that's bipolar that it's like, I have headaches. I'm losing weight. I'm just because I think just because I mentioned I was having mood swings, Mm. like I was having mood swings because I wasn't absorbing my food and I was losing weight and I was sick and I didn't know what was wrong with me. It's like, wouldn't anyone have a swinging mood in that instance? Um, so that was probably one of the things that kind of like led me to you're in charge of your body mm-hmm. and you need to figure out what's wrong with it. And you can use the information from these different people to help you do that, but you can't rely on doctors and you can't rely on any one person to tell you what's good and bad for you. You just have to try it and see what works. Right. I think that's so important to say you're in charge of your body because I think that it's also very easy. And this is part of why I'm so impressed with you, too, is it would have been easy to just be like, oh, poor me. I'm so sick. Like, you know, everything is against me or whatever. But it's like, no, it's it's so it's not your fault that you ended up in those circumstances. That is that's tough. That's a lot to deal with, especially at such a young age. But it is your responsibility because it's your body. I was literally on the internet, like, all day, every day, trying to research my symptoms and figure out what was wrong with me. So, um, yeah, I just, I I was not willing to stop until I figured out what it was, because I knew, I just knew it was something else. And so ultimately, yeah, like, what was it really? I eventually kind of was able to go to a holistic doctor and sort of put the pieces together of, like, how everything happened. And they, they mentioned that I probably had leaky gut, um... And that um, that was causing all these allergic reactions and causing me to lose weight and not absorb things properly, giving me headaches. Um, And then I also became chemically sensitive because of that, I guess, because that can weaken your adrenals. And so they they were like, basically, probably what you have is a combination of like chemical sensitivity, extreme adrenal fatigue and leaky gut syndrome. And so that's kind of what my diagnosis was and yeah so when raw food started working and it was like holy shit this is the opposite of what everybody says I should be doing this is you know I'm getting better without the help of medication what else did that make you look around and question yeah it definitely made me question everything and it made people question me while I was doing it and then I had to question my relationships to people like so my parents they they obviously were like, whatever is working, you do that. But they saw this as like, they're like, okay, well, maybe you need to like cleanse or something and you'll just do this diet until you're better. And then you'll go back to like eating normally. Um, but I, yeah, I guess I, I started to meet people being at that cafe that it's like every month there was a potluck and every potluck I would start meeting people that would just share these different stories. They'd share different ideas with me that I had never been exposed to before. So that was another thing. It's just, I simply was never exposed to these other ways of thinking. Yeah, so some of the other things that started to change for me as I was changing my diet and like questioning my religious beliefs and everything was also um, like just the fr- the current friends that I had as well. Um, I started to question like what what is like real friendship because I was developing these connections with people at this cafe that I would meet at the potlucks and they just felt really genuine and real and I started to think about like wow 
all these friends that I had growing up, like these relationships actually seem kind of superficial to what I'm experiencing now. So I, I started to just let go of people that I was holding on to and relationships that I was trying to make work. Um, and I also started to, I guess, question my ideas of like what I thought I was supposed to be doing with my life. Um, I was originally geared towards going to school to be an MRI technician. And so I was going to be working in a hospital and I was about to, I had just gotten accepted to Jefferson in Philadelphia and I had them delay my starting by a year because I wrote to them and told them that I was sick, but I was basically like trying to get myself better so that I could continue that schooling. And then, um, in this process, I was like, I don't think I want to do that. Um, and I started to really just dive into nutrition and question the entire like government and food system and how all of that worked and just seeing like being exposed to factory farming and how involved the government is with um the major like food industries and how they're just kind of like pushing corn and soy and animal products on us and they're all just in bed with each other I was like oh my gosh just like everything that you think oh, the food pyramid, like, that you get taught when you're a kid, like, this is all just here to help us, and, like, the government is here to protect us. I just kind of had my eyes open to, like, wait a minute. We can't just, just, like, lay down and let these people make decisions for us because they're actually just in it for themselves, so. Um, right, which is the case for everything. It's all self-responsibility, and I, right. I feel like I hear in some circles, too, people will get very, very angry like it's it's the government's fault it's this person's fault it's that group's fault it's whatever whatever but all we really have to do is change what we're doing with ourselves right you don't have to fight anybody right yeah and I, I think about that with even the food system and the way that things are grown even organic food is grown in a commercialized way and it's not as nutritious as it should be and should we blame the farmers no like we should just start growing our own food if that's how we want it to be if we want it to be better right so then what, how did you get onto the path that you're on today? I mean, you ended up in a very unconventional path. So if you were planning on going to college and sort of taking a traditional route, how did you end up making YouTube videos and hosting retreats and living in Hawaii and traveling and all of this? Yeah. If you had asked me when I was like in my early twenties, what I thought I would be doing when I was in my thirties, I would not have guessed this for sure. So you were not so, always somebody that was like, you know, something is weird about life. I'm going to do something else. It just sort of led into that. Well, I guess I did have a, a little bit of a sense of that. Um, but I always knew there was like, maybe not necessarily something wrong with me, but I'm like, there, there must be something wrong with me that I'm just not fitting into not all the conventional yeah. yeah, I don't fit into these molds. And I'm like, how do these people do like all this stuff and not? Yes, no, I apart? totally, I, I used to think that like, I do not understand how people are functioning right now. Yes. Um, and that is yes. whole life. And so I had to figure out how to function well myself. And, oh, man, there was something that I really wanted to ask you about that. Um, mm, no, well, you can, yeah, br just interrupt me if you think of it. Yes. Um, but yeah, so basically what I did was I, I just became so passionate about this diet that was healing me that I was like, I need to study nutrition because I need to help people that are like having issues like this. And I feel like it was right around the time that it started to happen to me that very shortly after 
chronic fatigue started to become a big thing. And it, it, maybe it was already a big thing, but in a more silent way. And so now it was becoming more public on social media. People were talking about chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and all these different things. And I was like, I want to help these people um, because I just like, you know, was coming back from like death's door thinking that I'm dying and then, you know, food has healed me. And also just my environment. While you're on that topic, um, do you feel like if your body hadn't kind of started to shut down, if you would have woken up as quickly, do you think you would have just taken a normal path in life and always sort of felt like, huh, something's kind of off. I'm not really fitting here. There's got to be something more, but I don't know what it is. Whereas like your body kind of woke you up. You had to look a different direction. I don't know what would have happened. I, I probably would have kept going in the track that I was going, but then just sort of struggled with it. Um, but I can't say that like finding that eliminated my question of like, is there something wrong with me? Why don't I fit in here? Like, I think I still have that regardless of, of what diet I'm eating or, or who I'm hanging out with. That still does come up from time to time of like, yeah, no, I totally like diet is just a micro uh, kind of expression of this whole big picture of there's got to be more than what we're offered. Tradition. For a lot of people, I think it is their like it it is a big wake up call yeah, because it's such sure. a huge part of your life. So, um, um, yeah. So I sh- go ahead. Oh no, you were saying. Um, yeah. So I I shifted and I started studying nutrition. So I went to Kaplan University and I studied um, online nutrition. And so I totally shifted gears there. And then um, the whole YouTube thing started was it was like kind of when I was working at Arnold's. Um, I started doing videos with him and it was actually my boyfriend that I'm dating now who before we started dating had started Arnold's YouTube channel with him Oh wow! Um, before we had ever met. And so I came on the scene and Arnold was already doing videos. And then um, after I started to feel better, he was like, I was working at the cafe more and him and I sort of just became partners in crime. And so he was like, let's do Megan and Arnold show on my channel. And I'm like, okay. So I just started doing videos with him all the time at his cafe and I got really comfortable with being on camera then. And then when I moved, Joey and I ended up moving to Arizona for the winters and then we would come back in the summer to Pennsylvania. Um, when I moved out there, I was like, what am I doing? Like, should I just get a regular job or whatever? I missed working at the cafe and I missed doing videos and Joey was like, well, yeah, like let's, let's start your channel. And it came at a great time because Somebody from the cafe had sent me this this link to a raw recipe video contest. And so that was how I started my first video. It was actually a, for a recipe video contest. That so I made... Um, where I first saw you. Maybe. I might be wrong, but that might have been it. With the little... What? It was like a little <laughs> holiday. There were little truffle things, weren't they? Am I totally making this up? No, you're right. Yeah, okay. So. Yeah, I th- when I go back and I watch that video, I just crack up because I'm like, I'm such a dork. <laughs> so I still was not fully, I still hadn't like fully been able to like translate my actual personality onto the camera yet. I feel mm-hmm. like now I'm, it's like just there. Like I don't, there's not, no difference. I'm just kind of like a more edited, like cleaner version of myself. Whereas before I just, I can tell I'm like a little bit more nervous. And so it's funny to watch those videos. So that first video it was strawberry filled brownie bites. Yes. I yeah. admit that I never made them, but they looked amazing. Yeah. It was, they're actually so good. I mean, it's just like if you've ever made like date 
balls or something like oh, that, yeah, they, they coconut balls, but you stick like a piece of frozen fruit inside and then fold it around it. And then if you let it melt, then you like bite inside, bite it and like inside it just kind of like melts and you get this like fruity burst inside. Had you um, had um, sort of a knack for recipes or was it just sort of finding this way of eating that was so inspiring to you that brought it out in you? Um, I grew up kind of like baking a lot with my mom and um, I always liked to learn how to make certain things, but I didn't ever consider it as like a profession or like a major part of my life until, um, yeah, until I got into raw food and I had to learn how to completely like just cook differently or make food differently. So, um, and I also like whenever I see something like that I don't like, I am have, I'm the kind of person that I'm like, I can make that better or I want to fix that and I will do it. And so I basically saw recipes that were existing within the gourmet world or within the like low fat world. And I was like, I don't like either of these like options. I'm going to make new options. So that's kind of, I think what happened with it is that I never really had a passion for it before then, but then it just became really fun to just figure out like what's possible and to um, make stuff that had never been made before and to just play with my hands. I always like doing things like physical things and creating stuff. So. Well, and it's um, so amazing. Like when somebody's play like that, like that, that's just that that had just become so playful and creative and natural and exciting for you gets to be shared with the world. Like how lucky is the world? That's amazing. Um, But so for somebody who works on the internet, um, I'd really like to hear about your digital detox. And because there's obviously a ton of focus on detox as like a buzzword. And in a lot of cases, it can be not very supportive, not very supportive at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. But with that said, we don't always think about detoxing or removing what's harmful in other areas of our lives. And something I see a lot is that we can get caught up in this idea that if our body looks a certain way or is in perfect health, I think you mentioned this earlier too, then everything else in our life will just be fine or it'll fall into place. And we sort of ignore everything else until we can like conquer our bodies. Um, so what was this digital detox and why was it important to you and what came out of it? So I don't think that, I don't think I, I feel like technology and our use of it has really like crept up on us. And it feels like if we just think about, well, like, what did I do with my free time like 10 years ago? Or how did my brain work 10 years ago? Like, did I have the same attention span? Like all this kind of stuff. But if if you start to question that, you'll be like, oh, like, wait a minute. Like, I see how, how different everything is and how different everybody behaves. And they're just on their phone all the time. And they're like filming everything. And so even though I've been on social media for a very long time, it's been probably almost like eight years um, on YouTube, but I haven't been on Instagram as long, but yeah, I just kind of started to sort of become annoyed with how often everybody was like filming everything and taking themselves out of the moment. And I'm definitely guilty of that myself. And I would start to just be like, God, this is so annoying. Like I honestly hate vlogging. Um, I find it very annoying because I just want to like live my life. I just want to do my day and I have to keep like interrupting myself. And so my, I have the analogy of like being a vlogger is basically like going through life, talking on your phone all day. You're not present with what's happening around you. You're connected to something else. And, um, 
So when you say yeah. vlogging, are you talking about just like Instagram stories or like the little videos that you'll put together on YouTube that are like what I did today or what I ate today? Yeah, anything where you're filming like all day long, okay. any, any of that. And so I, if you like look at my channel, that's like really not the majority of the stuff that I've done. And I haven't even done one in so long because yeah, once I decided I was like, this is just a huge interruption in my life and me enjoying myself. I'm not going to do it anymore. It doesn't matter how much people want me to do it. Um, and I think that's really important because we can tend to think there is a thing that you need to do to be successful, but I think you're doing it and it's, it's play. It's this whole idea of like what actually feels like play to you. Cause I'm sure there are some people who love filming their day and it's like this creative act and it feels playful and wonderful and it doesn't feel like an interruption, but if it does, then, oh my gosh, that's not at all what you're supposed to be doing. Right. And I think that we go through phases cause there's definitely days where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm in the house by myself. I didn't have anything like scheduled for today. So today would actually be a good day for me to film what I'm eating today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll do it in like, it's very, it, I'll be very isolated when I'm doing it. Um, I'm not going to go out and just be like vlogging, you know, out in public all the time and stuff. I just, I personally don't find it um, enjoyable. And I also don't like, Something that my friends and I, so like a lot of my friends out here, we were all like this crew of like social media people Mm -hmm. where everyone was kind of, everyone either had a YouTube channel or we were all like filming each other constantly. And we went through this phase and I think we just kind of realized like, hey, we just want to be able to like live and not have to worry about what's being filmed or not being filmed. And so we all kind of like sort of collectively just fell away from it and started to let let go of it and enjoy just creating deeper connections mm-hmm. with each other um but yeah i just i started to feel like i didn't enjoy that and and i enjoy having set times that i film and so just back to the digital detox like why do we need to do this um there is this i guess there's this like wrong-headed thought, thought of like if I go on Instagram and I follow all these inspiring people, I'm going to be inspired. But I don't think that that is what happens to the majority of people. I think what happens is they go on there and they follow all these people that they think are inspiring and then they compare themselves to them and then they get um, depressed and they feel paralyzed to even take action on things because they think, well, anything that I do will never be as great as what these people are doing. And so I shouldn't even try at all. Um, They compare, there's this like compare and despair mindset of like, just looking at other people's bodies, looking at other people's success, looking at the ways that they're, the places they're traveling, looking at the relationship that they have. And we create this story around it. um, That is almost a hundred percent, never the truth. Um, And so that's one part of like why I think we need a digital detox or why I was taking a digital detox for myself. And then the other part of it is just simply the way that our brains work. Um, the people there's, there's literally just like huge teams of thousands of people that are constantly working to figure out how to keep your attention on social media, on Facebook and Instagram and anything with an infinite scroll They're just figuring out how to keep your attention. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a little bit sick, you know? 
because our brain just doesn't ever get to relax. It doesn't ever get to be bored. We're we're like basically afraid to be alone. We're afraid to just sit with ourselves and we need to constantly fill every space that we have with phone time. And I think it's making us physically sick and mentally sick um, and unhappy and we can't see what's around us and accept it. So um, Joey and I have been feeling very like passionate about this. And I've been saying for the past couple of years, like, well, if I was, if I didn't need to have Instagram and Mm -hmm. Facebook for my job, I wouldn't. But then when I really thought about it, I was like, wait a minute, I don't have to. Yeah. I don't have to. And so my next step is, you know, I've kind of let go of Instagram. The account is still there, but I've deleted the app off my phone and I haven't used it in almost two months. And it feels really amazing. Um, as I was talking about in that video, um, why I deleted the, the app, I just, I feel like it was, there was so much mental bandwidth that was taken up by not even just being on it in the moment, but thinking about like, oh, I should be posting more. Arrange my life around Instagram worthy presentation. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, it's time to make my smoothie and okay, let me make it into a smoothie bowl and put stuff on top of it so that it looks like I'm eating beautiful food. Like, mm-hmm. no, I don't want to do that. I want to make my ugly smoothie, put it in a jar and drink it. Which again, um, like coming back to this word want, like honoring our own desires, some people really want to do that. Totally. Gosh, like don't waste your life. Totally. And yeah, so that's that's a good point. Is like just because I'm saying like, oh, this is terrible for me, it doesn't mean it's terrible for everybody. Right. Well, I like the way that you're presenting it because ultimately you're bringing it back to like what actually serves us as individuals, and is this connecting us and checking us into ourselves to each other, or is it tuning us out? Are we just completely zoned out, connect disconnected from ourselves, disconnected from each other? Because for me, I something that I've been doing with social media in the last. I don't know how long, maybe the last year or so is Mm -hmm. instead of just like hopping on and mindlessly scrolling through, I've made a habit of asking myself like, okay, am I doing this to check in? Do I really want to connect or am I just sort of zoning checking out? And if I know that I'm zoning checking out, either like I settle in and I really prepare to enjoy myself so that I am doing this thing with intention and like actually having a good time or I like go sit and breathe and feel what's going on and like why I'm wanting to check out. And it's like back like with the government thing and the food thing, it's very easy to say, and you're not saying this at all, which I love, like social media is evil, blah, 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 it's evil, blah, 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 blah. When really it's, it's all about what our intention is and how we use it. And if it's not bringing joy and if it's not connecting you, like we don't need, we don't need any of this stuff, but if it's right. joyful and connecting and creative, totally. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a big point. And um, there probably are plenty of people that can use social media and get inspired from it, but um, the the studies are showing that generally that's not the case, though. So it's it's worth questioning. That's what I would like to like pose to people is like, how do you feel when you get off of it? Yes. Do you feel better? Do you feel the same, or do you feel worse? Uh, and just think about it. Um, And I think it can only serve us to do like with everything that you've done, like with the food stuff, with your body stuff, like something's not working here. What are, what are my other options? There's always so many options and we get so limited into like, well, it's this or it's this, but usually there's, there's a lot of things that we can play with and a lot of other routes that we can take. 
Um, and I'm going to tie things up because it's kind of on this topic of like looking at social media, looking at people's day in the life and sort of being inspired and how that can maybe sometimes inspire us, but more often than not, maybe throw us off and disconnect us from ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to figure out how to approach this in a way that doesn't. Hmm. Okay. So this is about one of your videos and where I was at at a certain time in my life. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to say this in a, this is meant to be very funny and make fun of myself way, but I was totally in this like, oh my God, I'm going to become a fruitarian and I'm going to be like skinny and free spirited and be like barefoot outside all the time and everything is going to be wonderful. And you were one of these people that I looked up to, not that you were trying to present yourself as a, like, I'm better than everybody. I'm more perfect. But like, I just thought you were so like, Ugh, like hippie but not crunchy and like <laughs> cool but not too cool you know like you present yourself in the way that people want to be your friend and I think that that is why you've done so well on YouTube and you were my sort of like oh she's such a free spirit um and it had nothing to do with you it was all about where I was at at the time and actually this is funny when I decided I was going to do the raw vegan thing it was your what I what I ate in a day or like what a raw vegan does in a day or something video that I showed to my wife to convince her like this is how much fruit I need oh my gosh yeah, it was like really beautifully made I, I've, I've watched it a lot of times it's so <laughs> um but and like now at the place where I'm in, like having come out of that and then sort of naturally come back to it and realizing like, oh, this is really what serves me and this feels so intuitively right. Like I still use so many of your recipes and I, I love and follow everything that you do, but it's not like this compulsive, I must be like her, I must live her lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just really interesting how the things that are put out there can impact us and it has nothing to do with those things. It's about sort of who we are and where we're at in our life at the moment. Um, so all of that to say you do really beautiful, wonderful, exquisite work. And I'm going to put, um, I'm going to put in the show notes, the video that you mentioned about the digital detox and anything else that we talked about. So people will have that to reference. Um, but with the whole like free spirited, all of the things that we can think a free spirit is when we are sort of painting a picture that's outside of us, at this point, I define a free spirit as who you are when you just get to be yourself. Like, that's it. You when you get to be yourself, me when I get to be myself, that mm -hmm. is a free spirit. How would you define a free spirit in your words? Hmm. I like that question. Um, yeah, I guess someone who is connected with what's really in their heart and makes decisions based on, on that and... Um, comes as often as they can from a place of love. Mm. I guess it's just as simple as that for me. It was really simple. I love that. Um, and then lastly, you have a retreat coming up, yeah? I do, yeah. So the whole digital detox thing is like, I already have been doing retreats for years, but this has made me realize like, okay, I need to do a retreat that's focused around this because it's very challenging for people to make changes when they're in their home, in their like day-to-day -day atmosphere. And sometimes you need like full immersion to make that change and realize how much it, it's actually affecting you. And so I'm like, well, why not just combine the two? Like I'm already doing cool retreats in Hawaii and we can just do one that is like a little bit more focused on being in the present moment, um, which you already get when you kind of like come out here and go on a retreat, but, um, to just have more even activities around that and a little bit more, um, sort of discussions about that and more of an effort to let go of 
the constantly taking pictures of everything on your phone. And we're, we're basically designing this retreat that's happening in October to, to help people do their own digital detox and do it in a like really easy and comfortable way because you're with other people, you're doing it together. Um, you're in a beautiful place. So it's a lot more, um, yeah, it's just like a lot more easy to be in the present moment. And to reaffirm that beautiful place is Hawaii. Yes. Yeah. And so we're going to like hire a photographer so that he can take photos and we don't need to take our phones out with us and take pictures of everything. And we can just have like awesome photos and, but still just stay in the moment and not have to worry about that and not have our text messages dinging throughout the day. And like, Oh, let me respond to mom real quick. Like, you know, we just want people to fully just be there and have an amazing time. So it is a plant-based retreat, and um, I have an epic chef friend who prepares food for it, and I just am like, I can't wait to go on the retreats because I'm like, yes, I get to eat her food. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's always a really amazing group of people, and I say this after every retreat. I'm like, these retreats restore my faith in humanity that there's still, like, tons of awesome people in the world because the people that come are always so cool, and everyone is just great friends by the end of it, so... It's a cool, it's a cool thing. It's um, October 20th to the 27th um, of this year. And I'm really excited for that one. Awesome. That sounds really super cool. We'll also post the link for that. Cool. Amazing. Thank you so much for this. Yeah, this was amazing. I I had a lot of fun. I hope, I hope we can do it again. (laughs) 